Thank you for tuning in to the New Channel Sports Podcast. It's greatly appreciated. On this episode, we mainly talked the Los Angeles Lakers. Did Frank Vogel deserve to be fired? Will we see Russell Westbrook in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform next year? And can the Lakers be title contenders next season? Regardless of what anybody thinks, I do still think that if LeBron James gets the right pieces around him, that this team could be a championship contending team. Now, the mystery to all this, and to me, the biggest puzzle is Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is healthy, we've already seen that Anthony Davis and LeBron James together can win a championship. Even though it was in the bubble and some might say that was a uh, a bit misleading, we saw Anthony Davis play some of his best basketball in the bubble. If you can get that throughout a long period or a, a, a stretch of a long period of time, then I do still think that this team, with all the right pieces around them, can definitely be a title contending team. And add onto that a coach that's actually going to put in his input and put all the players in the best position to succeed, you can still see this team next year be championship contenders. You're tuned into the new Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Welcome to another episode of the New Channel Sports Podcast. My name is O.N.E., the one and only. We have a darn good episode in store for you today. Do me a favor. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also go to our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled N-U channel sports.net. And you can also subscribe there. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, follow our YouTube channel. Check us out on Afro Vibes TV as well. Download the Roku app so you can check out our wonderful faces there. Um, you can also check us out on the Leeds Podcast Network. But like I said, my name is Oenya, the one and only. I am joined by my co-host this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day it is you're joining us. Big Low, how are we doing, sir? Big Low, come and die the next time. Hey, I'm doing good. You know, it's Wednesday, it's hump day. You know, let's let's get it started, man. Let's let's pop it and shake it. What'd you say? Let's let's do what? (laughs) (laughs) I said let's pop it and shake it. It just came to my head. I don't don't know if it works. (laughs) Y'all can add me on the Twitter and Instagram if you don't like it. (laughs) Okay, no, no, no problem. I like it. I like it. Let's pop it and let's shake it. All right, let's let's get right into our show. Let's kick it off with some headlines. It's time for. It's time for. It's time for headlines. All right, we're going to start off headlines on a, on a somber note. Dwayne Haskins, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and the 2018 Heisman Trophy finalist, was struck and killed by a dump truck earlier Saturday morning while trying to cross a highway on foot near Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He was just 24 years old. He was about to turn 25 May 3rd. We still don't know all the details that led up to this tragic incident, but it's shocking and heartbreaking 
my condolences and prayers go out to all of the Wayne Haskins family and friends. Man, you know, anytime someone passes away, it's uh, it's a terrible situation. It's it's sad, you know, to have someone who was turning his football career around and Dwayne Haskins. He had some challenges playing, but he you know he leaves behind family, brother. He's a son, husband, uncle, and this is a this is a major piece of someone's family, a people's family that's going away. You know, he's a teammate, but it's it's sad. I had no idea it was a dump truck. You said a dump truck? Yeah, Man. yeah. You know, it's 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 terrible. But anyway, I mean, it's just a terrible way to go. You know, such a such a short life of so much more in this world that you have to give when it's your time. Whether you've had a long life or whether you've had a short life, it's you've come here to have an imprint on people. I think that is what right. he's done. I think uh, you know people will just be better for it. Right. ESPN's Adam Schefter broke the news of Dwayne Haskins' death with a tweet. The tweet read. Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. Per his agent, Cedric Saunders, Haskins would have turned 25 years old on May 3rd. This inconsiderate and insensitive tweet received backlash from thousands athletes such as Des Bryant, Lamar Jackson, and former Ohio State University quarterback, Cardell Jones all lashed out on Scheffler uh, as Scheffler on um, social media. Adam Scheffler would later apologize on this podcast, and this is what he had to say. First, I wanted to address the death of Dwayne Haskins and the tweet that I posted this weekend. It was insensitive, it was a mistake, and I can assure you it is not my intention. I wish I could have that tweet back. The focus should have been on Dwayne, who he was as a person, a husband a friend, and so much more. I wanted to apologize to Dwayne's family, his friends, the players in the National Football League, and offer my condolences to everybody close to Dwayne. Yeah, so that was Adam Schefter on his podcast apologizing for his insensitive tweet towards Dwayne Haskins on Twitter. All right, so in other news, uh, Joel Embiid edged out Giannis Antetokounmpo and clinched the NBA scoring title on Sunday to become the first Sixter and first international player ever to top the league since Iverson won his last of his four crowns 17 years ago. He is also the first center to win to win it since Shaquille O'Neal did it back during the 1999-2000 season. He finished with 30.6 points per game. Yo, shout out to my boy, Joel Embiid, our brother from Africa. Eh? Listen, <laughs> you know, I'm a proud of him. I'm happy for him. I think that this is an accomplishment because, let's be honest, I mean, the 76ers have been in the playoffs the last few years. He's been hurt, and he's been working hard. He's been working hard. I think he really deserves this, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm super happy for him, you know. So he's got the scoring title. Now, let's see if he can win MVP on top of that. He's definitely in the running, but we shall see if he's able to win the MVP. It's going to be him or uh, Nikola, I think, is those are the top two right now. And and, and Giannis, actually. Giannis is in the running as well. Kyrie Irving didn't miss a single shot in the first half, going 9 of 9 and 2 of 2 from the three-point range to help the Nets open up a 14-point halftime lead. The Brooklyn Nets would go on to win their playing game and earned a seventh seed in the Eastern Conference 
with a 115-108 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's going to match them up against the second seed, Boston Celtics. In the Western Conference, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell combined for 59 points to help the Timberwolves beat the Los Angeles Clippers 109-104 in their play-in. They will go on to face the second-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves acted like they won an NBA championship after they won that play-in game. Uh, you saw Patrick Beverly take off his shirt. He was crying, and it, it was just pandemonium as if they had won the championships of all championships. If you watch that game on TNT, you can hear Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal clowning them because it looked like they had won a championship and they should have been playing some uh, championship music afterwards and popping champagne. But it, 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 it was hilarious. <laughs> Yo, man, these guys crack me up, man. They, they, they have a lot to say. You know what? You know, these playing tournaments, first of all, let's just go ahead and talk about, you know, the Nets. You know, with Kyrie being back, this is huge. This is a huge boost. KD and Kyrie playing side by side. I think they're really, really dangerous. You know, so this will be exciting. We talked on uh, Afro Vibes, you know, new channel sports on Afro Vibes on Saturday. And, you know, we talked about some of the play-ins and we talked about some dark horse candidates. And I picked the Celtics as one of my dark horses. I know they're on the number two seed. This is a team that plays great basketball. So I think this is a, this is a good opportunity for the Nets, you know, to really continue rolling and prove to be that number one contender that we thought they were. <laughs> now, in terms of, in terms of uh, Pat Bev and the celebration, you know, it's it's hilarious, but you know, this is this is you know, this is what happens when you play a big game. You know, when you make it to the to the tournament, you know, it means everything because at the end of the day, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you know, you 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 catch on with a head of steam and you might roll. You know, and and who knows, you might make it to the championship game. So it was huge. So I don't mind the celebration. Yeah, I didn't mind it too much either. Uh, Pat Beverly was playing against his former team in the LA Clippers. There was a lot of emotion there. And Pat Beverly just brought a, a lot of energy and a lot of grit to that Minnesota Timberwolves team. So I didn't mind it too much. He beat his old old team. And he was really excited about it. But let's see where they go from here because they're having a good year. They're going to be going to the playoffs. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can ride this momentum in the following years to come. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Also in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Charlotte Hornets 132 to 103. They're going to be facing the Cleveland Cavaliers for that final spot in the Eastern Conference to get that eighth seed. In NFL news, Derek Carr agrees to a three-year, $121.5 million contract extension with the Las Vegas Raiders. Carr's extension runs through the 2025 season and includes a no-trade clause. I've only wanted to be a Raider, Carr said in the press conference, and I told my agent, I said, I'm either going to be a Raider or I'm going to be playing golf. I don't want to be playing anywhere else. That's how much this place means to me. The Raiders right now in that division, they seem as if they're an afterthought, but watch out for the Raiders this season, man. They, they might surprise a few people in that division. No, oh, you are absolutely correct. Pay that man, he deserves it, especially after the success they had last year, despite losing their head coach who got fired and having Henry Rugg be released, you know, for that un unfortunate uh, situation, incident he was involved in. They were able to play well and uh, and make it to the playoffs. They were a playoff team, you know, and, and Derek Carr had a big hand in that, you know. 
Um, he had a he had a uh, career year out last year, you know, in terms of yards. He did throw a lot of touchdowns. He had th- 23 interceptions. Uh, sorry, 23 touchdowns, you know, 14 interceptions. But, you know, he, he deserves it. He deserves to be named, you know, amongst uh, at least, you know, amongst the top quarterbacks, you know, in the, in the uh, AFC. Um, but he truly deserves it. Pay that man, you know, big ups to him. Right. Cam Newton. Chris's boy, Chris's man. Oh man, yeah. was on Chris the million here. dollar. Like what I'm getting huh? ready to say, Chris is that man crush. <laughs> yeah, man, Chris is out today, but that that's that's Chris's boy right there. Uh, Cam Newton was on the million dollars worth of game podcast, and he has some interesting comments regarding women. I grew up in a three parent household: my mom, my father, and my grandmother. A woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss bitch, like I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby, like, but you can't cook. Okay. You don't know, you don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. Yeah, so those are some interesting comments there by uh, Cam Newton. Uh, what's your opinion on that real quick, Lo? Oh, uh, uh, okay. Is that is that how you're trying to set me up? I thought you had a lot, a lot to say about it, bro. Oh, listen, you know what? Yeah, this is what I have to say. I, I will admit, I laughed. You know, it's one of those, you know, go back to the kitchen jokes. Uh, I, I really don't have, I have no comments for Cam. I really don't. I think he set himself up. You gonna take the safe route? I think he set himself up. That's a discussion, you know, that needs to be had between men and women in a separate situation. Um, but right now, let's get back on topic and talk about sports. Is Cam Newton going to play for a team this year? <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. It's not going to be because of that, though. No, He's not going to be. play just because <laughs> his skills have diminished. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, I... I think I kind of understand what he was trying to say with those comments. I don't fully agree with everything he's trying to say. I don't think it sounds as egregious as people are trying to make it sound. But I think I understand where he was trying to to come from. I think what he's trying to say. He should have worded a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, I think what he's ultimately trying to say is that, you know, any relationship or every relationship, you know, requires some kind of compromise, um, you know, and and equality. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is there, there's give and take, right. you know, so you might have deficiencies in one area. I might have strengths in that area. You know, I might be deficient in one area. You might have a strength in that area. You know what I mean? So it's just like you just got to kind of recognize, you know, who you are, what you have, the kind of person you have, you know, and, and you know, allow, you know, someone else, you know, to, uh, you know, be that better half for you. You know, ultimately, I think that's what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was just trying to see on the part about women that they just need to to have some accountability. But that goes both sides, right, for men and for women. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, in other news, during the play-in with the Timberwolves versus the Clippers, a woman made her way onto the Minnesota Timberwolves home court and attempted to glue her hand to the floor to protest Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor. The Admiral Rice protester briefly halted the play-in game as she glued her wrist to the court and was wearing a shirt with a message about the team order, which read, Glenn Taylor roast animals alive. So if you don't know, um, Glenn, Taylor, Glenn Taylor is the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and um, he has a chicken farm. 
And so I guess she went on the court to try to protest animal cruelty. But it was a, a pretty um, interesting scene as she delayed the game for a little while before they got back to it. This is my first time hearing this. And this sounds bizarre. So she was protesting the fact that Glenn Taylor has a chicken farm. And she's saying that he boils the chickens alive. So she glued yeah, yeah. her wrist on the court and protest. Glued yes. your wrist on the court for protest. Yes. Okay, yes. I think there's better yes. ways matter. that we yes. can go about protesting. <laughs> for you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be gluing any of my body parts on anybody's court on national TV, right? Um, you know, uh, listen. You know, PETA. You know, I have, I have, I have my. Uh, you know, I understand what you're trying to do and all of that. I don't know if she's a PETA representative or whatever, but. You know, animal cruelty or whatnot, but I think there's other things you can do. You know, matter of fact, go ahead and throw blood on the on the on the on the factory doorsteps or something. But don't 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 glue your court your 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 your, uh, your wrist. You said her wrist on the it court. Wrist, That's yes. ridiculous. Yes, we're trying to watch yes. basketball. Get off my court. Yes. <laughs> All right, and then uh, final news. Uh, it's just, and it was part of our main discussion. Frank Vogel was fired Monday after a disappointing 33-49 and 49 season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Rob Palinka declined to elaborate Monday on why he and owner Jeannie Buss felt Vogel needs to be fired. This is what he had to say. Today is not going to be a day of finger-pointing and unwinding all the Pacific reasons. We just felt organizationally at the highest level it was time for a new voice. That's not to say anything against the incredible accomplishments that Frank Vogel has had. He was a great coach here, and he's going to go on to be a great coach somewhere else. All right, so that kind of ends our headlines, but it brings us into our main topic of discussion, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, They've had arguably one of the worst seasons in franchise history. I've heard people call it one of the more disappointing seasons in franchise history. But let, let's stay with Frank Vogel real quick. And I asked the question, did Frank Vogel deserve to be fired? And uh, the astounding answer for me is an absolute yes. He deserved to be fired. Someone had to take a blame, right? Someone had to take the fall. Someone had to take all that away from LeBron James. Even though LeBron James orchestrated and put this team together, it was always going to be Frank Vogel who took the fall and who was going to take all the blame for it. Even though LeBron James played magnificently and he put this team together and Anthony Davis was hurt for most of the season, and for some reason he really couldn't find a way to have Russell Westbrook be as productive as possible on that team, all the blame as far as who they're going to put it on, what's going to go to Frank Vogel. Because as the coach, he still needs to find a way to get this team into the playoffs. That's what he's there for. The fact that this team completely missed the playoffs and completely missed the play in, that's unacceptable. It it really is. I think this team had enough talent, even with all the turmoil that they had with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook to find a way into the play in. That's what you're there for. That basically means that you didn't do anything to help this team. That's what that means to me. As far as on the court, LeBron James did everything in his power to try to will this team 
into the play-in. LeBron James' only downfall, which I told Chris on a previous podcast, is that he is the one that signed off on the players that he had. He could have had a much better roster than what it is right now if he would have made some better choices before the season started. And that's part of the reason why I gave him most of the blame for where they're at. But there's no way on earth that they were going to be able to continue to ride with Frank Vogel, especially with the problems that he had with Russell Westbrook. And we're going to play some audio uh, of Russell Westbrook and what he had to say about his relationship with Frank Vogel. But I, I definitely believe that Frank Vogel deserved to be fired. Hey, I'm really curious to hear what this audio has to say. But first, let's 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 focus on is Frank Vogel the blame? Okay. Now, let's just keep in mind that LeBron James, just like you said, I do agree that he is the one that signed off on all of this, right? Now, who gets the blame? Who deserves the blame? Externally, the fan base in LA, the world, <laughs> blames Russell Westbrook. Russell, Russ has been getting all the blame for the season, which I don't think is fair to be loading that up on, on one person. Okay. So that's externally. Internally, I think management blames Frank Vogel. Oh, I agree with you. You can't have the, the, the cast of players that you have and put out that kind of record, okay, and have that kind of output on the court. This team went for, won only four games since the, since the All-Star break. That's ridiculous when you have LeBron James on your team, when you have Russell Westbrook on your team, okay? This is the same Russell Westbrook that took the Wizards to the playoff last year. So for me, it's how do you have a player who played on an even worse team the year before in the East Take that team to the playoffs. He comes to the Lakers that has LeBron James. You have a couple of other pieces, and you miss the play-in tournament. You can't even make the play-in tournament. You finish 10th in the West. You don't make the play-in tournament, and you don't make the playoffs. It's ridiculous to, to lose the amount of games that you did. Okay? So, I mean, I can understand where Frank gets blame. I did also hear rumblings that he just didn't want to bring Russ off the bench when at this point, especially when you get to midpoint in the season, Russ probably should have came off the bench. He didn't feel that a superstar of Russ, Russ's caliber should be coming off the bench. Listen, as the head coach, you know, okay, you didn't put the team together, but it is your job to run that team. So I think part of the blame goes to him. But who are you going to fire? You're going to fire Russ? You're going to fire him. You're going to fire LeBron James? You're not going to fire him? You're going to fire AD? Who are you going to fire? You're not going to fire the GM? You're not going to fire the owner? So who's going to be the real scapegoat? It's going to be Frank Vogel. So unfortunately, he's the one internally that's going to take the blame, and you take the blame by being fired, which is unfortunate. For a coach that took this team to the playoffs two years ago in the bubble and then won the championship, it's unfortunate. All right, so I, I can I can definitely understand where you're coming from there. I think Russell Westbrook was in a lose-lose situation. Uh, when they decided to acquire Russell Westbrook, I didn't think it was a good fit. I didn't think that himself and LeBron James would be able to mesh. And you bring up an interesting point about Frank Vogel and about him not wanting Russell Westbrook to come off the bench. I don't know if Russell Westbrook wanted to come off the bench, but we talked a little bit about his relationship with Frank Vogel. Uh, let me play some audio of what Russell Westbrook had to say as far as um, – his relationship with, with Frank Vogel. Um, how did you guys jive as player and coach? What did you think the, um, how do you think of the job he did? Yeah, you know, I think it's, um, it's unfortunate, to be honest, because I've never, and I was, I was saying this, I never had an issue with any of my coaches before, as much as people may assume. I never had an issue with any coach, 
any players, any staff members, anybody actually, if we're keeping it honest. And for the moment I got here, and you guys don't know this, but I like uh, it was actually Frank's and his wife's anniversary. And I actually sent him a bottle of champagne and stuff to his hotel room, which he didn't know anything about because I was, it's a nice thing to do. Nice gesture. I'm welcome. I'm coming to the team. Congratulations to you guys. And that's just the type of person I am. I don't do it for anything back in return, but that's just something that I felt was the right thing to do. And I'm not sure what his issue was with me, or I'm not sure why, but um, I can't really give you an answer why things we never really connected. Maybe, you know, um, that's something that he has to answer, but I never, you know, from the get-go was feeling like I was having to, like, try to prove myself to him and my capabilities and what I've been able to do for this game. And it's unfortunate, but it's really not kind of out of my hands. All right, so that's what Russ had to say about his relationship with Frank Vogel. And I think that that strained relationship definitely played a part in why they had a disappointing season. But like I said earlier, I just don't think that Russ was the right fit for that team. And I do think that Frank Vogel is the first piece that's going to be let go. And I can't see Russell Westbrook being a part of this team next season either. I think that they're going to find a way to move Russell Westbrook and find some pieces that um, mesh better with LeBron James. Uh, do you think that Russ will continue to be an L.A. Laker going into next season, Low? No, if I'm Russ, I'm not, I'm not coming back, which is tough because this is his home, you know, his hometown team he grew up watching. I mean, to have your homecoming ruined like that, to have an, it, it was an epic fail. So I think it'd be very tough for him to mentally check back in and want to continue to be a Laker. You have so much dysfunction. And then, you know, you hear about the strained relationship between he and LeBron James. And of course, you've got the coach. I have no idea what the ownership is thinking either. You feel me? So it's 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 a tough situation. It's a very, very tough situation. But I don't think he'll be coming back next year. If he does, you know, they're going to have to bring a coach that's really going to have to find a way, you know, to utilize his mm-hmm. skills. To, to mess with LeBron James. And you know me. I was saying once I found out that he was coming to the Lakers that, hey, this team is going to make it to the playoffs. He's going to win a championship. I was promoting. I jumped on the bandwagon, man. I was driving that bandwagon myself. So, ego my face because it was an epic fail. You know, it really was. You know, and, and but the only reason, right, the only reason I thought it was going to work was because I thought, and I mentioned it again, I said this again on on, uh, on AfroVibe, the only reason I thought it was going to work out was because LeBron James would be able to facilitate and allow Russ to do what he does and really mesh everything together. All of this, I think, was coming down to LeBron James. It just didn't work out. Right. I mean, yes, that's what LeBron James does best. He's able to get his teammates involved and facilitate. But as far as him meshing with Russell Westbrook, uh, a big downfall in Russell Westbrook's game is the fact that he doesn't have a great jumper. And during the course of the season, you saw how that jumper failed him. When he went through his lows during the season, it was because his jumper was not falling. And he wasn't helping himself, and he wasn't helping the team. But LeBron James did have some comments about Russell Westbrook and what type of what type of teammate that he was. Uh, let me play some audio for you about uh, what LeBron James had to say about Russell Westbrook. Um, and, and, and go from there. I mean, um, you know, um, one thing about Russ that I love and, and will always love is, you know, just his competitive spirit, what he brings to the game every single night. And when you're in a profession where so many injuries happen and so many things go on and 
to have a guy that's reliable and can put on a uniform every single night, um, that's something I respect um, out of, you know, out of everything. And, and um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make decisions for the front office and things of that nature, but I love being a teammate with Russ. And, you know, that's just the way it is. All right, there it is. LeBron says he loves being a teammate of Russell Westbrook. But I, I think at this stage of his career, he needs to understand who he has chemistry with and who he doesn't have chemistry with. And I think the Lakers are going to look into that as well. I highly doubt that Russell Westbrook is in a Laker uniform next year. And so I take him out the equation. I look at um, they already fired Frank Vogel. They're going to take Russ out the equation. And Anthony Davis is really that other piece that they're looking at to see can he continue to play alongside LeBron James throughout the rest of his career? So when you look at all that and you're a head coach and you're looking at this this job opening for the Los Angeles Lakers, do you think that this is a good gig for any head coach to want to go into? Look, as long as you have LeBron James, it's still a good situation. You know, as long as you, again, as long as you have LeBron James, at that point, you're not allowing him to single-handedly make decisions. Because let's keep in mind, right? You know, apparently, you know, uh, DeMar DeRozan was supposed to come onto this team. That would have been a much better fit. Who vetoed it? LeBron and AD. They vetoed that. You know, but the ownership group, they allowed this thing to happen. You know what I'm saying? So, look, you know what's right as a coach. You know what's right as a general manager. You know, you're able to look at, you know, the entire scope. You have a global aspect of what this team is about. You bring the right coach, you're able to say, hey, you know what? LeBron, I'm going to hear your input. I know who you want, but who? this is who I think is going to be a better fit according to your skill set. These are the players I'm going to bring in that help fit your skill set. You know, but I would consider, I would consider, you know, what you're bringing. I would consider your options. You know what I mean? But, hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to veto it and go this direction. That's the only way this is going to work. But if you once again allow LeBron James to put this team together, it's not going to work. This is an epic fail. Yeah, I think LeBron James already mentioned that he's not going to have a say in new personnel that comes in. Uh, If I hear that and I'm a head coach that's interested, I think that's a good sign. I want to be able to put players in position to um, take advantage of the roles they're in and be able to take advantage of what LeBron James brings to the table. Because LeBron James, like you said, he's very good at facilitating the basketball and getting other players involved. And if I'm a head coach, I really want that opportunity to come in there and, and try to uh, uh, make the best uh, of that situation. Because regardless of what anybody thinks, I do still think that if LeBron James gets the right pieces around him, that this team could be a championship contending team. Now, the mystery to all this, and to me, the biggest puzzle is Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is healthy, we've already seen that Anthony Davis and LeBron James t- together can win a championship. Even though it was in the bubble and some might say, that was a miss, uh, a bit misleading. We saw Anthony Davis play some of his best basketball in the bubble. If you can get that throughout a long period or a, a a stretch of a long period of time, then I do still think that this team, with all the right pieces around them, can definitely be a title contending team. And add onto that a coach that's actually going to put in his input and put all the players in the best position to succeed. You can still see this team next year be championship contenders. So I think that this offseason for the Los Angeles Lakers is probably the most important offseason in franchise history. This is the season or the offseason where it's going to really um, put into play 
LeBron James's legacy as a Los Angeles Laker. I wouldn't say that it was the most important if they were able to at least go into the playoffs and make deep runs. Yes, they won a championship when LeBron got here in 2018. They won that one championship, and that's really all you ask for is a championship. But in the other two years out of the three, they weren't even able to make the playoffs. And in this past season right here, we're talking about one of the worst disappointing seasons of all time. So when you talk about the Los Angeles Lakers franchise and LeBron James's legacy, this is very, very important. You heard Stephen A. Smith um, talk about how this season has totally took LeBron James out of the GOAT category. Even though he never had him there, this season took it out of it completely. I don't agree with that, but a lot of people look at this season and look at it as something that has tarnished LeBron James's career because he came in as a Laker. The Lakers never expected to not make the playoffs. They expected to go deep into the playoffs and maybe they'll exit, but they never expected not to make the playoffs at all. So this next upcoming year is very important for LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers franchise in general because they want to make a statement and they want to have that winning franchise, right? That's what we think of when you think about the Lakers. Next year is very important that they get a team together that can take them deep into the playoffs. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, it's 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 going to be a um, be a very important off season. You know, you have a lot of decisions to make. You know, I mean, you, you, one, let's just talk about AD. Uh, you know, it, it, he's been hurt. He's only played, I think, eighty games over the last two years because of injuries. Um, so that's a big contributing factor, you know, to the Lakers not achieving a record. Um, and playoff success that they potentially could have had. You know, that's a big reason. Um, okay, coaching. Coaching is going to be a big deal, you know. But let's let's just pivot back to what you said. You mentioned that LeBron said he's not going to have any input in any upcoming players, come, free agents or potential players, player signings. Is, is that accurate? He said he's not going to have any input? Or did he say, hey, you know what, they're going to, you know, I'm going to give my suggestions, but whatever the team does is best for the team. Well, from what I heard, I think I heard that he's not going to have any input on, you know, personnel that's coming in. Okay. As opposed to him him having input. So that's coming from him that, hey, you know what, I'm not going to have any input. You know, I think that's him being petty. And here's why I say that. I believe just by the way the season went, I think, and this is just my conspiracy. I think ownership and management said, hey, you know what? You put your team together, you dig your grave, you lie in it. And they allowed him to lie in it. So now he's going to turn back and say, well, I'm not, I'm just going to have no input. Y'all build the team. You're right. So y'all dig your grave in line if there's no success, which I think is completely petty. Like you can't come out and say with somebody of your nature, of your stature and say, I'm not going to have any input in, you know, building this team. You know, you still have input. You still say what you got to say. It's just up to management and ownership to veto it. Right. And build the correct team and say, hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do in the best interest of the Lakers. These are the players that I think best fit your skill set. You know what I mean? Like, so for, for me, I, 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 I take issue with that. You know, for you to come out and say, hey, I'm not going to have any input. That, that's BS. That's just nonsense to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, there's a lot of decisions. You know, hell, is LeBron himself going to come back to the Lakers, right? Um, you know, what's going to happen with Russ? Is Russ willing to say, hey, you know what? 
first year was terrible. Homecoming was terrible. Let's see if year two is going to be a little bit better. You know, but if I'm rest, I'm not sure I'm coming back to that situation. You know, because uh, that that first impression a lot of times is what's the most memorable. You know, and I know the, the saying goes, it's not about the journey; it's how you finish that journey. You know, but sometimes you know you have so many bumps and bruises, you don't want to get back on that trail. You rather take another. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're we're gonna see what happens. Um, LeBron James and this situation with the Los Angeles Lakers is almost a a microcosm of his entire career, right? No matter where he's gone, his first stint with Cleveland, his stint with Miami, his second stint with Cleveland, and now the Los Angeles Lakers, he goes in with all the aspirations of winning the title, but when he leaves, he leaves that franchise in shambles, right? So this is nothing new. He's always done that. He goes in, he makes his decisions, and after that, he leaves the franchise in the mess. LeBron James, as great as he's been, and throughout the course of his career, he's been, you know, arguably the GOAT. He's his own worst enemy to me because he has so much power and so much say-so. I think that sometimes he needs to just let that go and let other people handle that and decide who is best to play around him. I think that has been a major, major flaw in the career of LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James. I mean, look at other great players, Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, they didn't really have that much say-so in who played around them. What they had was they had great GMs and great coaches that allowed them to play basketball, and they themselves took the roles of getting players that best fit around them. And I think that LeBron James missed out on that aspect. If he would have had someone by his side, a great coach or a great GM, to decide who is going to best fit in his with his play style, I think he would have had a much, much better career. But that's neither here or there. We're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and what they can do in the offseason. They've let go of Frank Vogel. I do think that a head coach that, um, you know, Shannon Sharp kind of mentioned on his show that would be a great fit and deserves another opportunity. Mark Jackson would be a great fit on this Los Angeles Lakers team. I would love to see him get another opportunity in the NBA. You saw what he was able to do with the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He told us that that was going to be the greatest shooting combo of all time. At the time, we laughed at it like whatever, Mark, but it became to fruition and it came to be true. So I would love to see Mark Jackson take his hand at this opportunity and coach LeBron James and whoever else is there uh, and try to see what they can do next season. Yeah, I think that'd be that'll be a good look um, for him. You know, I I really don't have any head coaching candidates. You know, but I think that'll be a good opportunity for him. So I am curious as to who they're going to bring. Uh, you know, bring in as the next coach. Um, just to kind of go back to what you said about you know LeBron's tenure with different teams. You know, it, 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 you're absolutely right. You know, it's been it's been a very toxic culture that he's, he's built about him, you know, when leaving these teams, you know, and leading up to him leaving, you know, the franchises that he's been a part of, um, you know, and, and, and I didn't realize until you said it now, I mean, the, the franchises that he's left, you know, they've, they've become better over time, you know, but that initial phase of that loss after he's left, you know, he has left that, those franchises in shambles, you know, but it's this, it's this culture. You know, this culture of building these super teams and trying to play with your friends and and doing all these things, you know, and, and this AAU, you know, hey, let's get together and play. Look, you know, time has gone by. 
your playing styles, you know, have evolved. Your mindsets have evolved. You know, um, you've become superstars in your own right. You're grown men. You know, so that mentality that you had when you guys were in AAU, you know, it, it's, it's going to be different on the court now. You know what I mean? That chemistry might be a little bit different. Um, you know, so, you know, LeBron tried to gather all of his, you know, uh, friends or whatnot, you know, to play on the team versus, hey, you know, let me just put the best possible team that matches my skill set that'll, that'll help me win the championship. You know, you, you're at this point now, you're just wasting a lot of time, you know. Um, and, and just like you said, he can have a lot more success if he just allows people to do what they need to do around him. Again, with input, just because you are the great. You are LeBron James. You know, you are the best player right now that's playing, actively playing. You know what I mean? You are representative representative of the league of the league and your team. You should have said. Absolutely. But you know, it, it it is a very, very toxic culture that he's that he's built about him. Yeah. Right now, more than ever, what we're saying is true because we don't know how much gas LeBron James has left right uh this year he's missed the most games he's ever missed in his career um the mileage is piling up so we really don't know how much more we're gonna see LeBron James be LeBron James even though he had a fantastic season this season at the age of 37 he's gonna be 38 and and it's gonna keep on piling up so right now it's more important than ever to really have players around him that's going to take the load and the pressure off of him so that he can continue to build on his legacy. But that was very, very well said, though. That was very, very well said. But that's that's our little take on the um, L.A. Lakers and, and the offseason. It's going to be very interesting to see who they hire as the next head coach and whether or not Russ, um, A.D., stay, stick around. I think LeBron James is going to stick around. I'll be surprised if LeBron James decides to move on. All right. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please do me a huge favor and subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also go to our website, newchannelsports.net, and subscribe there as well. That's new channel spelled N-U-Channelsports.net. Please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Check us out on Afro Vibes TV. Big Low has been holding it down there for sure. You can see our wonderful faces there. Download the Roku app so you can check us out and see our sports takes on a new channel sports show. We're also on the Leeds Podcast Network. Until next time, I have been the one and only O.N.E. Joined by my co-host, Big Low. How did you say earlier? Pop and shake. What'd you say earlier in the, in the start of the podcast? Oh, 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 you just want to hear it again. I got you. Big blow <laughs> coming down. The next time we out. Yes, sir. Until next time. Yes, we are out. Thanks for listening to the new channel sports podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.